This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. In Ephesians, we, uh, we started a, a, a series. It was uh, at the very beginning of the year. And uh, I, I think it's interesting that at the beginning of the year, I felt impressed to do a series on something I haven't done in a long time, and that was on the armor of God. And the armor of God and standing against the wiles of the enemy. And so I brought that, that series. Now, I am not psychic, and I'm not that smart. But we have a helper. And the Bible said that the Holy Spirit is a helper. In fact, this verse, I was reminded of this verse right here in Ephesians 6.10. Actually, guys, if you could put up the verse, the, the first verse, it's in John 16.13, which talks about that however when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. You know, the good news to me is that means he knows things to come. And if he knows things to come, he knows how this is all going to play out. So one of the things I've been asking the Lord is, what wisdom do we need during this time for the days ahead? What wisdom do we need now? And by the way, this is not catching God by surprise. He knows exactly what's going on. And we trust that the Holy Spirit can help us and teach us. He, he prompted me to do this at the very beginning of the year when none of this was going on. And so we were prompted to start talking about the armor of God. And there's a good reason that, that we talk about the armor of God is because we need strength during this time. This is a time more than anything else where we need strength. And so our text scripture, if you guys, you put that up now, in, in Ephesians 6.10, They're getting jumpy on me. All right, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. As I was, uh, I was praying and thinking about this scripture today, I thought there are people out there right now who were saying, I don't want to be strong. I, I just want this to be over. And, and I feel you. I, I get you on that. I would love for it to be over too. But we don't know when this is going to be over. So right now, being strong is our best answer. It's going to be the best thing that we can do. It's the best thing we're going to have to encourage one another. See, it takes strength to keep your spirits elevated. It takes strength to keep your peace when all of your children are home for a long period of time. It, it, takes, it takes strength to be able to do it. it. It really, it takes strength not to give in to fear and not to give in to being despondent. And it takes strength to steer clear of depression. So I'm, I'm not as, 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 as concerned about the virus as I am the effects of the virus. I'm concerned about the, the fear, the depression, the despondency that takes place often in people's lives. And so it takes strength to be able to do that. And in, in Proverbs, it's not on our, our screen, but in Proverbs, the 12th chapter, verse 25, it said, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression but a good word will make it glad. So this is the reason we're coming to you online. This is the reason we have all these venues to be able to come to you. This is the reason we're continuing to have church because we believe that in dark times, we need a good word to make us glad. And we can put a good word in our heart, then that can make all the difference in our lives. And so you, you need to keep hearing good words. I'm probably gonna talk about that Sunday. We need to keep hearing different things, especially when what we're seeing is not so good. So we're talking about being strong in the Lord. So I want to take a little time to, to talk about that 
from a historical standpoint, this was written to the Ephesian church that was under pressure. The early church was often very uh, persecuted. Early church, we, we think of church and we think of it in our context, in our perspective. But when Paul was going into these areas, these folks were coming out of pagan backgrounds. It's not like there was a Baptist church here, an assemblies church here, and an independent church there. It, no, it was the, the temple of, uh, of Athena, and there was uh, all the, the temple of Baal. You had all these pagan environments. And so oftentimes, these people worshipped a lot of different gods. And so when the church started, the church was viewed as very, very different because they abandoned all of the gods. And they only worshiped one God. And they would say, well, where's your God? And the, the, the Christians would say, well, you, you can't see him. And then they would talk about Jesus and the resurrection. So the, the pagan world was throwing up their hands. Now, some of them might have been throwing up their hands, but there were a lot of them surrendering to God. And the Ephesian church is where they had some of the greatest revivals. I mean, they had a revival, and the Ephesians were all into the occult. In fact, they had such revival that they brought their books of, of occultic practices and burned them. And so really great things were going on. But even in the middle of great things going on, difficult things were going on. And so as, as Paul is writing, he's writing to this church that's under persecution. I think when you are under pressure, we tend to hear things differently. Now, here's, here's one for all of us. How many of you have ever flown on an airplane and the flight attendant stood up and began to tell you about where the exits were and begin to tell you about the oxygen mask. You, you, you hear me? How many of you, like me, you completely ignore when they, when they, start, when they start talking? You don't pay any attention to that. But how many of you know what, if that thing hits some turbulence and, and you go up and down, all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, what did that, what did that flight attendant say about when that oxygen mask, am I, do I put it on the kid first and me first? How do I do this? And so when we're under pressure, is when we tend to listen more. Oftentimes, these books, these letters, were written to churches who were under pressure, churches who were dealing with persecution. And so when Paul is writing these things, he's saying, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So the directive to be strong, though, was not simply limited to the Ephesian church, not to just this church. Paul actually wrote to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, 14. Look at this. He's, he's writing to the church. Again, this is his closing message. He says, watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave, be strong. Let all you do be done with love. Interesting note on that word, be brave. It's actually an old English word. They used to say, in fact, the King James reads, quit like men. And the actual phrase is what they would say to one another before going out to war. They would, they would exhort one another. They'd say, quit like men means act like men. Behave yourself like men. So evidently, men were supposed to act courageous. And so now the idea was he wanted to be brave, but then he's writing to the Corinthian church, and he's also telling them, you need to, you need to be alert. You need to stand fast in the faith, and you need to be brave and you need to be strong. I think one of the things we, we could easily say to the church today, right now, what we're dealing with is we need to watch. We need to stand firm in the faith. This is not the time to go sideways. This is the time to stay strong. This is the time to be brave. And this is the time to be strong. And they said, let, and then I, I love the contrast, and let all the things you do be done with love. Again, I'm going to reemphasize this. During these times is not the time to start a family fight. 
This is not the time you want to launch into your, your neighbor and what you didn't like about them. This is not the time to go off after your in-laws. This is the time you need peace. If we're dealing with hell, we need peace at home. So let all, all you do be done in love. And that's a, that's a, that's a huge thing. When Joy and I were first, were first married, uh, we hadn't learned that yet. And so we fought a lot. And the church knows this. If you're listening online, this may shock you, but yes, as a pastor, but this was, but this was before I was a pastor, so it doesn't count. So we, we fought a lot, and, and there was always strife going on. Finally, we realized that, that one of the biggest problems we had was not each other. It was actually the strife that we brought into the home. And that one of the things about strife, and, and if you, you, you know it, if you've ever been in an argument, you never finish an argument and feel refreshed. You never finish an argument and go, man, I, I really enjoyed that. We need, we need to do that again. That was, that was a blessing. It's not a blessing. It, you finish an argument and you feel drained. And so I, I, think, the, I think the exhortation to, to do everything you do in love just coincides with strength. So doing things in love is, is obeying God. But it's also... It's also keeping yourself in a position of strength. So I'm going to remind you, if everybody's at home, if you're working from home, if the kids are at home, do everything you can to keep the peace and do everything you can do in love. Paul's exhortation to the church then still works for us today. Watch, be alert, be brave, be strong. But that's not the only time he said it. Paul also encouraged Timothy to be strong. 2 Timothy 2.1, Paul is talking to Timothy. He said, he said, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to come back to this because this is a real key point here. Strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. We're going to talk some about that tonight. Tonight, as we keep focusing on this, the directive to be strong is vital. And it's something that, that, that we have to do. So Paul encouraged Timothy and Paul prayed for the believers to be strengthened. Now, this is something that, that will, will help you. Paul, one of his prayers for the church, and we have basically three key prayers that Paul prayed for the church, uh, two in Ephesians and one in Colossians. In each prayer for the church, well, actually in two out of the three, Paul mentions being strong, being, and, and he actually talks about being strengthened. We'll look at the first one here in Ephesians 3.16. Paul is writing to the church, he said that he, God, would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Now that's, a, that's an interesting prayer. God's praying for the church. I mean, Paul's praying for the church. And as he's praying, he's like, Lord, strengthen them, that God would strengthen them with might by his spirit in their inner man, in, in their spirit. They would be strong spiritually. Why is it important to be strong spiritually? Because if you're strong spiritually, it will flow out into other areas of your life as well. When you're strong spiritually, it gives you the strength to be able to deal with the other things. This is, again, this is one of the reasons that we're coming to you. This is why we want to give you as much content as we can, because we want you to be strong. We want your children to be strong. This is not a time to get weaker. This is actually a time that we can utilize to get stronger. Paul prayed that people would be strengthened so that was a powerful prayer. The second one he, he prayed was for the Colossian church. Now this is, this is one of the favorite uh, verses that uh, I'm going to have them put it up on the screen, but I know this one. And the reason I know this one is because I pray this one for you. 
And I pray that God would, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. I pray that, that, that you would have a knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's a, that's a key thing for me, to pray that, that you would have a knowledge of God's will. Why? That you would walk worthy of the Lord, that you would be fully pleasing him, that you would be fruitful in every good work. This is my prayer for the church. And then it says this. You can put it back up, guys. It says this, that you would be increasing in the knowledge of God. Let's go to the next one. Verse 11, do we have it? No, we don't. There we go. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience, that's perseverance, and long-suffering with joy. He's praying for the church. He's praying that they would be strengthened. He's praying that God would strengthen them. And so this is something that as Paul prayed. Now here's, here's a great thought. If Paul prayed these prayers for the church, if these are prayers that, that we pray here in the church for you, then these are also prayers that you can pray for yourself and prayers that you can also pray for loved ones in your family. Now just think about it. You say, how, how, how do I do that? Well, uh, I'm going to give you Colossians 1.9. You could say for this reason, I pray since the day I heard it, I, I pray and ask that, that I might be filled. You can pray this for yourself. I might be filled with the knowledge of your will, Lord, and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that I may walk worthy of you, Lord, fully pleasing to you, that I would be fruitful in every good work and I would increase in the knowledge of God, that I would be strengthened with all might according to your glorious power for all perseverance and long suffering with joy. So I pray that you can pray that for you. You can put someone else's name in here. Put your family member's name. Lord, that you would, that they would be filled. That my husband, my wife would be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Listen, this is a different prayer than just praying that God would bless somebody. This is a prayer that says, God, that you would give them understanding. They would see it, that they would be enlightened, that they would know, and that you would strengthen them, that they would walk worthy of you. How many of you know if you're walking worthy of the Lord, if you're fully pleasing him, you got a good thing going on. That's a strong walk. And you got some great strength happening during that time. And so this is something that you can pray. Pray it for yourself. You can pray it for other people. But now my question is this. If God did not want us to be strong, why would these prayers even be there? So he wants us strong. He wants us to be strengthened. It says strengthened for all perseverance. You know what perseverance is? Basically, it's endurance. That you would be strengthened so you can endure. The stronger you are, the more you can endure. The more you can continue. You know, you know how it is when you, when you have those days when you're, when you're thinking, man... I've got all these projects to do. And I, I know, not today. And you roll over and go back to sleep. That's not a strong day. A strong day is when you get up and you think, oh, I'm, I'm going to start knocking it out. And you look up, it's 10 o'clock, and you've already done three of your major projects. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm on a roll now. I'm going to tackle the garage. <laughs> now, you, you, know, you know you're strong when you go after the garage or you go after that closet that you haven't cleaned out in forever and you take that one on. There's some strength there and you're persevering. Long suffering is the ability to put up with long. In other words, you, you suffer long with people. You say, well, do we have to suffer long with people? Listen, you haven't been married for any length of time if you don't realize you're going to have to suffer long with one another. That is just, that's just part of it. That's, 
That's part of the deal. When Joy and I were, again, when we were first married, we had, um, like I said, we fought, we fought a lot. And uh, we, we don't fight hardly at all now, but we fought, a, we, trust me, we, we built up a, a reservoir. We fought a lot then. And we, we uh, <laughs> in fact, we, if we fought once a day, we thought it was a good day. And so I looked up one day and I opened the, I opened the cabinet to get a, a glass out. And Joy had written 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love endures long and is patient. She had it in the amplified version. And she had it where you open the, the, the to get to, gets a glass of, for, for water. Something. So I, I, I looked under the sink and there it was again, 1 Corinthians 13. <laughs> I go back in, in, in our bedroom and it's like on the mirror, plastered on the mirror. She had it everywhere. And I said, I said why do you have this everywhere? And she looked at me with all, all seriousness. She said, because I need this being married to you. I need to have a reminder all the time that I need to walk in love. And uh, it, I, I would like to uh, gladly say that the Lord helped us and, and we don't have to have it plastered everywhere, but still it's a good reminder. And it's, and it's also something where we remember that we need long suffering and not just long suffering, long suffering with joy, which is different. You know it's different. <laughs> you know it when, when you look at, well, you, you know how it is when you have your in-laws come to stay with you. And you know how, and you just, there's a difference between them coming with you being in joy and them coming with you being regular. And, and so the idea is if they come and you're in joy, you got some strength about you. You're, you're, you're getting stronger. My mom and my sister just had an opportunity to gain. We just, we did a tour of Texas. We drove all over the place. So my mother actually had an opportunity to see her uh, great grandchildren for the very first time. She'd never seen them. And so we drove all over Texas, it seems like. Uh, and I'm so glad we had an opportunity to do that. But it's all, it, it was family back together again. And fortunately, this time, I could do it with joy. The Lord helped me. He is merciful and gracious. And so we came through that. But being strengthened is something that doesn't just get us through these times. Being strengthened is something that helps us live our lives. You know, I, I, I'm thinking about I know this thing is going to end. I'm praying it. Please pray with us that it ends fast. To ask the Lord to, to help us find solutions for it, that this thing dies down. We don't, we don't need this disruption, but it's going to end. We're going to come through it. And I, I just want to encourage you, begin to build strength now so that when you do come through it, you don't stop and relax. You keep going. I used to run cross country uh, when I was back in high school. Many, many years, right about by the time electricity was invented. And so we, were, we would run cross country. And, and where I grew up in North Carolina, they had hills. And the, if you, hills are, if you, running hills is way different from running flat. And we would run on these hills and, and you're just pumping to get up a hill. But the natural tendency once you reach the top of the hill is just to relax. And when I, when I ran races, Actually, that's strategically when I would pass a lot of people, they would hit the top of the hill and relax. I would hit the top of the hill and keep running, and oftentimes you could pass them right there. So the idea is we want to start running strong now and keep running strong. It'll make a difference in our lives. Paul prayed. He talked to the church at Ephesus. He prayed for the church at Ephesus. He encouraged Timothy to be strong. And it has to, so again, my point is, 
has to be the will and plan of God for us to be strong. Now, we're talking about strength, and I want to stop just for a moment because sometimes you start talking about being strong, and some people automatically disqualify themselves. They automatically think, well, I'm not a strong person. I'm just not a, a strong person. And, and they bought into that, I'm just not strong. And so today, if, I hope you'll listen to me on this, that we're not talking about a strong personality. Paul never prayed that people would just have strong personalities. In fact, some people with strong personalities really aren't that strong. It, oftentimes, it can be a defensive measure. But, but being strong, we're talking about inner strength. And that's available to everyone. And that's something that we're going to talk about being strong in the Lord, but it's also a reminder that the Lord will help us in this. We pray that we can pray the Lord will strengthen us. And then I'm not, I, I don't have it in your notes, but it's maybe one of the most well-known verses when it comes to strength was Paul saying in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now that was, that's, that's more than just a verse to have a positive can-do attitude. My father had me learn that verse when I was very, very young, and he wanted me to have a positive attitude. I can do all things, and that's good. I, I think that's great. Have a can-do attitude because Christ will strengthen us. But we have to understand the context in which it was written. Paul was actually in prison when he wrote this. And he was reminding us that he had been, he had been hungry and he had prospered. He said, I've learned in everything I'm in, every situation, he said, I've learned to be content. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So what's Paul saying is, he, basically what he was saying was, he had gotten to the place and God had strengthened him to the place that whether times were good or whether times were bad, he was consistent. And boy, isn't that a great place to go for? As we get to the place that good or bad, we're consistent. In fact, I want to get to the place where, where you walk in the room, you can't tell whether I've had a great day or a bad day, that I'm just as consistent as I can be. And I think that's a, that's a great goal. And you know, you know what I'm talking about. Some people, you can feel them coming before they ever show up in your room. And they bring like a cloud in there with them. And you, it's like that, was it Eeyore? They used to have the, the cloud. You can, it's like, oh, you're having a bad day. I want people not even to know whether, what kind of day I'm having. That's a consistency that comes from strength. He said, in all things, I've learned to be content. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let's talk a little bit about what it means to actually be strong in the Lord. Because Paul wrote them and said, be strong in the Lord. In fact, he didn't, say even, he didn't even say try. He just said do it. Be strong in the Lord. That's a spiritual position that refers to what Jesus has done for us. It's a spiritual position, the term in Christ and in him. Our faith in him unites us to him. So in other words, when you made Jesus your Lord, and if you hadn't, we'll give you an opportunity to do that at the end of the broadcast. But when you make Jesus your Lord, you do more than just get heaven when you die, although that's wonderful. But you actually become united with him. 1 Corinthians, again in verse 6, it says, He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Now, if you're going to ask me how that happens, I don't know but I believe it does. In fact, the Bible calls us the body of Christ and says that we're members of him individually. So it gives us this, this position that when you made Jesus your Lord, there, there was a, we're united with him. 
And there aren't any different levels. There's no, well, that's a lower level person. And then there's higher level, you know, pastors, y'all are at a higher spiritual level. And then there's joy, who's at the very highest spiritual level. No, it's, it, it's all, in fact, the Bible said there's, there's no distinction in him. It's all level. And our relationship with, with, with when we made Jesus Lord, our relationship in him, that's, a unite, that's united in him. And it's the same Regardless of who you are, regardless of what your background is, regardless of what your role in the body of Christ, your role in the body of Christ doesn't make you any more special than anybody else. But it's, it's being in Christ. That's where the strength is. He didn't say be strong in being a pastor or be strong in being a worship leader. He said be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's where the strength is. The strength is in him. So we're united together with him. And that's, that gives us a place of strength. The whole idea of a new creation is about our relationship with him. Our relationship with him by faith. Around here, we, we, we often talk about if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. What's it mean? Anyone is in Christ. Anyone who believes that Jesus died for their sins and that God raised him from the dead and they confess him as their Lord. Anyone who receives that and says, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to make you the Lord of my life. That's being in Christ. And anyone who is in Christ becomes a new creation. Thank God. Old things spiritually passed away. All things became new. And so we're new creations in him. And this is what Paul was talking about when he was telling the church, you need to be strong in the Lord. This is the difference maker right here. Strong in the Lord. And then in Ephesians, and I'm not going to take the time to read it, but if you have an opportunity and if we're home as much as we think we have time. Uh, Ephesians, Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 1 through 13 are just powerful verses that tell us what we have because we're united with Christ. Not just me, not just spiritual leaders, anyone who's made Jesus their Lord. And I, I'm just going to give you some of There's about eight. It says that we're in him we are blessed, already blessed. We are chosen, we're adopted, we're accepted, we're redeemed, that means purchased, we're forgiven, we're given an inheritance, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And that's eight powerful things. And those are things that are realities. You say, well, I, I, I don't feel them. I didn't say they were physical realities, they're spiritual realities. And spiritual realities are actually higher than physical realities and they're truth. And these are the truths that help us. When we begin to realize we're chosen, I hear people say sometimes, oh, man, I wish I could have been living back in the day when, you know, Moses was taking the children of Israel and, and across the desert. I'm thinking, I don't, want, I don't want to be back in that day. He said, but those were God's chosen people. Listen, if you, if you belong to the Lord, you're chosen in him. You're God's chosen people. We all probably refer to ourselves that way. If you ever listen to someone who comes from a Jewish background, they have a real strong sense of the fact that they are God's chosen people. But yet if we're in Christ, we are just as, as chosen people. So we're the chosen, we're the blessed, we got adopted, we're accepted. All these are powerful truths. And so being strong in the Lord is going back and beginning to understand this is what the scriptures say about me. This is, what, this is a reality for me. And we say it here a lot. If you make it personal is when it becomes powerful. 
when you take it in your life and go, oh, thank you, Lord. I am already blessed. I may not be able to see it, but I'm, I believe you that I'm blessed. I believe you that I'm chosen. I believe you I'm adopted. I believe you I'm accepted. I have been purchased. I've been bought. I don't belong to the enemy. None of his stuff belongs to me. I belong to you, God. I'm in your kingdom. I've been purchased, bought back, forgiven. I have an inheritance that's wonderful. And I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And he is not a weak spirit. He's a powerful spirit. He is a spirit of, of love and power and a sound mind. Man, those are some good things. And this is all available. We say, well, I wish all this could be available to me. It is. In fact, if you belong to the Lord, it's already yours. Ever hidden money from yourself? <laughs> Ever done that? Ever, ever like tucked a, a few dollars away? Maybe you, you stuck it in a, in a wall or, do you, or you hid it. And then you're thinking, you're looking, I was looking around the house one, one day. It's like, man, I, I don't have any cash. And then later on, I found some cash. In fact, one time I was just so hungry. I was out traveling. I was a sales rep. I was traveling on the road. I, was, I pulled into a, I believe it was a Burger King or a Wendy's. But it was for, these were back in the days where I could eat hamburgers before it showed up on those screens. And so I would, I would, I was, man, I was hungry. I wasn't just hungry, I was hungry. And I pulled into the drive-in and I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm about to order a, a double meat whopper. That's a, this is a long time ago, but it, it, was a, it was a double meat whopper and I was about to order. I had, I had no money. And so at that time, they didn't take credit cards. And I'm like, forget it. And drove away just with my stomach growling. And later on, when I was going through my cleaning out my wallet, I found that I had tucked a $20 bill back there and it had gotten so flat that I missed it. It was mine all along. I had it all along. It belonged to me. I could have used it if I'd have known I had it. But I didn't know I had it. So I went hungry. I think oftentimes spiritually we go hungry because we don't realize what God has done for us. And the, and the marvelous things that he has done for us. And being strong in the Lord involves that. So let me just give you some practical ideas. To be strong in the Lord, and Paul said, be strong in the Lord. One, this is available for you. You need to, you need to believe, I can be strong in the Lord. This is something spiritual. Forget my personality. You might have the meekest, mildest, sweetest, kindest personality, and you can still be strong. So being strong in the Lord means, first, you have to know what that is. And we just... I just gave you a great way to go. Take a look at Ephesians, the first chapter, 1 through 13. And that'll give you some, some great things about what belongs to you, who you are, how God sees you. So you got to know what belongs to you. The second thing is you have to be willing to believe it and just say, no, this is me. Now, sometimes you may be thinking, oh, the, the, this is, I don't, I don't really know if I can see myself this way. You, you need to look at it. And then look at it again. And I'm going to give you something that would really help. Because understand this, your faith will make a difference here. So in other words, we believe what God says about us. Now in Hebrews, there's an interesting passage in Hebrews. Go ahead and put that up, guys. It says, through faith, it was talking about, the, it was talking about some of the, the people of faith. And it said, they subdued kingdoms, they worked righteousness, they obtained promises, they stopped the mouths of lions. That was obviously Daniel. Quench the violence of fire, those three, three Hebrew children in the fire. Escape the edge of the sword. Look at this next one. Out of weakness were, were made strong. Out of weakness. So if you're at a place right now of weakness, 
That doesn't have to be your destiny. You can begin to believe what these scriptures say, what God's word says. And you can come from a place of weakness. You can actually become strong. If it'll work for them, it'll work for you. And so the willingness to believe that this is what the scriptures say about me. And then the, the last thing is this, to act on what has been done for us. So we know about it, we believe it, and we act on it. One way to act, and one of the best ways. You say, well, how in the world do I act on being chosen and adopted and forgiven and redeemed and uh, blessed and accepted? How do I even act on that? I don't know how to act on that. Well, one of the best ways that you can act on it is to actually speak it. Now, here's a, here's a verse that will give you a reason. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So here's, here's a powerful truth. When you believe it and you speak it, it's, in fact, Paul wrote, he said, the word is near you. It's in your, it's in your heart and mouth, two places. So we, we, we know it, we begin to believe it, but then we begin to speak this. Now, I'm not talking about where you walk up to someone who's a complete, total stranger and said, do you know that I'm accepted, chosen, forgiven, redeemed, and been sealed? That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about is in your own time, in your own life, in your own private time, that you tell the Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you that I'm chosen, accepted, forgiven. Thank you that you strengthened me. Thank you. And what you're doing is you're beginning to speak these words out of your mouth. Now, here's the, here's the kicker. When you first start speaking it, it will seem awkward to you. Because you, 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 we're, we're, accustomed, we're accustomed to speaking our fears. We're not accustomed to speaking our faith. We're accustomed to talking our fears. All you got to do is just walk through the very uh, wiped out grocery stores and meet somebody and talk to them and go, this is horrible. They'll go, oh yeah, this is horrible. And I don't know what we're going to do. And they go, I don't know what we're going to do. That's easy. Speaking your fears will not solve your problem. It will not strengthen you and it will not soothe you. It's not going to help. And so in the middle of this, it's not the time to speak our fears. You say, well, Alan, I don't know what to speak. Well, if you don't know what to speak, then just the best thing you can do is just not say anything at all. But when you do begin to say something, trust me, it will, if you've never said it before, it will sound awkward. And you'll be thinking, man, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. First time I kissed a girl, it was awkward. <laughs> but I did not stop. Because I believe there's value in kissing. I believe there was long range value in kissing. So I got better at it. I learned how to do it better. It's not awkward to me anymore. It is very comfortable to me now. And it will become comfortable to you when you begin to speak it. So when you first begin to say, thank you, Lord, I'm chosen. You're going to feel like you're lying. You're going to think, I'm lying to myself. You're not lying. You're speaking spiritual truth that you have not done before. But you know what it will actually do? It will actually begin to strengthen you. So this is the time not to talk about how afraid you are, not to talk about you're all going to die and everything's going to go horrible. We're not going to make it as a country. That's not going to help you. The best thing we begin to do is go, God's going to help us. So how, how, how do you know? I, I can't tell you how. I just believe that he will. I'm going to speak my faith, what I believe, not my fear. Speaking fear isn't going to help you. If you're going to be strong in the Lord, let's talk about what the Lord's doing, what he's done for you already, how he'll help you. We're praying that God strengthens you. You can pray that God strengthens you. That's a lot of strength working together. 
We're going to come through this. And we're going to come through it well. Now, let me ask you a question. If you're, you're listening to me or watching me and you, and you say, I, I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord. Well, we want to give you an opportunity uh, to pray with us. We're going to say a prayer. We're going to, I'm going to lead you in it. Our staff here will, will, will follow along, and so we'll do it that way. But maybe if, or, or maybe you were like I was. Man, I, I knew the Lord, and I got so far away from him. And in this time of uncertainty, you feel like I am a long way from God, but I don't want to be that way. So bow your head with us. I'm going to have our, our staff bow their head. We're going to pray this prayer. I'm going to have them pray it out loud. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. And I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me. And restores me. Thank you Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ. Because I've said yes to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.